0: Hello, and welcome to episode four of Dr. Oblivious, a podcast, you idiot. I am your host, Brian Geller, DC, the world's most average chiropractor, hosting the most inconsistent podcast in the Northeast. I wouldn't say in the world, but definitely in the Northeast. Uh, Today's guest is Jake Shum, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, New York Jet, and Green Bay Packer. Um, He also played at the undergrad that I graduated from, UB university of buffalo he's a punter he is a free agent currently and he is waiting for you to give him a call and um, he's a fantastic guest it was a fantastic episode uh, we chatted for an hour and a half uh he made it way too easy for me i had a bunch of questions and he just kept leading me into the next one flawlessly um we talk a lot about a lot of things the one thing i did forget to ask him Uh, was what would he do if the XFL returned Um, and you'll understand why towards the end of the podcast we start getting into a lot about uh, Attitude Era, WWF 90s, 2000s um, and being that he's a professional football player and a wrestling fan, the XFL would only make sense Um, so first off I'd like to apologize for not uploading any podcasts in the past few months, I recorded one recently with Uh, Eric C. Drone of Iron and Stone Strength Gym uh, and Clothing Brand. And unfortunately, all the audio was deleted, but I will be recording with him very soon, um, and I will be posting that as soon as I do. In other news, today I have a very special guest on my intro, uh, the wonderful Gina, my fiancé, my only sponsor of this podcast. Say hello.
1: I wouldn't say sponsor. I'd say more of Landlord.
0: My landlord, Gina, my, my wonderful fiancé is here today. Um, I convinced her to join me on my intro to talk because I know it takes her out of her comfort zone. So I decided why the fuck not and let's put her in the hot seat. So I decided I'll chat with her for about a minute or two or five or however long she can handle as she sips her sparkly wine. What's up?
1: How much did you have to google about football before you talked to a football player?
0: So this is why I brought her on, because I need to be interviewed. Now it's my turn. Zero. I know nothing about football. I will learn nothing about football. I don't care about football. I will never care about football. I hate sports. I hate most sports. I like basketball. Like most middle class Jews, I actually kind of like basketball. And I like the management aspect of baseball, but I hate football.
1: What's your favorite part about basketball?
0: I like the noises. I could watch 12 hours of basketball without actually watching it. I just I could put it on in the background and just listen to it all day. I love it.
1: Isn't there something special about their attire?
0: I like their clothes. I like their jerseys. <laughs> I like the colors. I like uh, Baylor's colors. They got that neon green when they play in the finals. Um, I like the reds I like the greens. These aren't basketball team names. I know that. These are colors. What's your next question? Go ahead.
1: If you had to be a professional athlete for any sport? I
0: think it would be golf.
1: That is the lamest answer Hear me out. Ever. Hear me out. Your parents are so proud of you right Hear now. Hear me
0: out. One, it's still high activity. Okay? So I can still call myself an athlete as a golfer. It's very technical. It's a, it's a hard sport. It's a thinking man sport. It's a rich man's sport. <coughs> but you never play in bad weather, right? So you play year round in warm, sunny weather. You have somebody carrying your shit with you all the, all over. Why wouldn't I be a golfer? I make millions. I can get the most beautiful women.
1: You have the most beautiful woman. Yeah, Her when name I is Ruby. Okay, when She's I play laying,
0: pro- when I play I professional golf. I will have the most beautiful women at my feet like Tiger Woods. I will lose a tooth. I will get a DUI and then I will make a return. For those of you who don't know who Ruby is, it's a dog. It's my dog. It's our dog. <clears throat> it's our dog. Mm-hmm. She's a good dog. Okay. What's your next question, please? I got Why all the time. Why are you doing below. this to me? So tonight we're going to the Erie County Fair.
1: Di- oh, it's payback. For dinner. <laughs> <laughs> i'm shedding for the wedding
0: so for those of you that don't know me and that are just tuning in um listen to episode 001 where i introduce myself i'm a new york city transplant to buffalo new york in the 10 years that i've been here i went from classy cool street now i'm urban i'm a redneck i mow the lawn once every three months listen Not all the time. I mow the lawn. (laughs) I don't like mowing the lawn, but I'm a fucking redneck now. I go to the Erie County Fair to eat dinner 12 12 (laughs) nights in a row. We've been eating funnel cake every night. Do you know what I'm wearing right now? I'm wearing a pair of overalls and a straw hat. and boots. I'm wearing boots in the house. They're covered in shit.
1: At any point, have you mentioned your functional footwear collection?
0: I only wear minimal footwear when I'm not tending to the farm.
1: Okay, last question.
0: I'm growing corn as we speak. Last question. If, if off my boots. You had
1: to pick one outfit to wear for the rest of your life. What are you picking?
0: Is it a hypothetical? <laughs> so <that> a- <laughs> I need.
1: I need what shirt? Yeah. What what bottom? Yeah. And what shoes? And what SPF?
0: SPF seventy. Seventy on the head and face. Fifteen on the body, depending on what month we're in. If we're in June, maybe in SPF thirty. August, I'm lowering it to fifteen. So we'll we'll average it, right? Somewhere I don't know, whatever, twenty something then. Outfit. Ideally a romper. That's it. <laughs> Are
1: it you could... going with crocs or minimal shoes?
0: I'm gonna go barefoot. No, I don't know, because I don't I don't like smart plan. I don't like walking outside barefoot. It kind of creeps me out. I don't like bugs and dirt.
1: Do you like when I walk outside barefoot? I hate it.
0: I hate it. Um I don't like it. <laughs> um, let's see. Ideal outfit. It would it would probably be some kind of romper or jumpsuit. So it could be one of the suits the guys from Slipknot wears. It could be a Dickies uh, jumper.
1: That's not bad. I mean, you you still have pockets.
0: Yeah, right. So I, I have like the breast pocket. That's important uh,
1: to carry your things. That
0: one back pocket for sure. I need a back pocket. I don't know. I think, I think a romper is kind of the way to go. I'd have to go long sleeve and long pant. On that romper. Uh, and then in terms of footwear, ugh, steel toe. <laughs> steel minimal. Toe. Minimal steel toe. Vibrams. Open toe. Open toe, but the one big toe is steel. <laughs> That's about it. And gloves.
1: Okay, I know I said that was the last question, but I do have Rubber one more. gloves. One more question. Yeah, because I don't like touching anything either. How do you feel about people wearing floppy hats and say. Okay, so
0: listen. So we're already coming up to minute eight of this fucking introduction, and most of you have probably tuned out by now. For those of you who have not tuned out, listen to this. Okay, Mark Marin. So we go out to dinner last night, the two of us. Nice dinner. I'd say cash, right? It's not black tie. It's casual. It's a good place. $10 glasses of wine, $15 entrees. It's not a cheap place. Not an expensive place, but not a cheap place. These two fucking schmucks are sitting there. Husband and wife, somehow. I mean, not somehow. It makes sense when you see the two of these fucking idiots. (laughs) Listen, so I don't see her, right? I just see this one dude sitting at the end of the bar. Now it's, I don't know, we get there around 9 p.m., okay? It's not 12 o'clock. You're not at the beach. You're not on a fucking farm. This guy's wearing a floppy fedora.
1: This is coming from the person who said their only outfit would be a coverall. Go on.
0: He's wearing a floppy hat. Sitting at the end of the bar. It's about nine o'clock at night. Okay. He's on his phone. He's wearing a graphic t shirt. Now, I have nothing wrong with graphic t shirts. Most of my t shirts have some kind of graphic on it. Okay. But when you're at a restaurant, you don't wear one of these t shirts. That's just, you know, you look like a schmuck. But the floppy hat. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Gina and I'm going, what's up with this dude's hat? He looks like a jabroni. Now, guess who comes. Out of the bathroom and sits right next to him, his fucking... holy Shore. His oh. schmuck of a wife wearing a bigger, floppier fucking hat. Like, they just strolled out of a beach in Spain, the Amalfi Coast, Italy. Very upsetting to see these people, so that's how I feel about that. If you're going to sit at a restaurant, don't wear a hat. Unless it's like a beach restaurant. I don't know, that's all I got to say. How do you feel about it? You were wearing a floppy hat, too.
1: I'm gonna go have. You're and wearing a baseball cap. I think they were perfect for each other. Um, and he was
0: on his phone the whole time, and she was on her Apple Watch the whole time. So both of those fucking people can go fuck themselves. That's how I feel.
1: We should have asked how they met.
0: They met on Floppy I think we're done here. Okay. You have anything else you want to say? We're coming up on minute ten. Would you like to thank your sponsors? I'd
1: like to thank Chicken Nuggets for being there for me. <laughs>
0: Um so who's your favorite WWF wrestler?
1: The Undertaker. Why? Cuz I thought he was big and scary.
0: What about now? I, now now probably. that you're an adult and that you pay your own bills how do you feel about the Undertaker?
1: He's big and scary. Yeah.
0: Okay. Undertaker if you're listening to this. You're big and scary. Take me. Okay. Bye.
2: You need to go, like, right into it or Um, sideways?
0: You can go somewhat closer. Yeah, Yeah, that should be okay. All right, so Jake Shum? Shum? Shum. Shum. All right, got Jake Shum today. Uh, I am here in his home gym. I don't even want to call it a home gym because (laughs) it is fucking enormous. We've got two big-ass rogue racks, a rogue comp bench, uh more attachments than I've ever seen inverse curl reverse hyper glute ham plyo swing west side atp and just a lot um let's talk about this home gym for a minute <laughs> how how long did it take this gym to come to fruition
2: um I actually started putting it together when I was in Green Bay and that was so probably about 3 years now cuz that was in 2016 yeah it was kind of just like the little things where I just wanted to do um, some basic stuff like, you know, you need to do your squats or, you know, bench or whatever. So that's where I started with like a power rack and um, went with the Donnie Thompson fat bells and just got like some of those and a couple of barbells. And it was actually just very simple, you know, just very like basic stuff just to kind of like, oh, I need a quick gym workout just to kind of get the body moving. And it just kind of built, built from there slowly. So I had a little something in Green Bay and then... It was when I came back to Buffalo when I really started putting yeah. it together.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, for those who have never seen it, check out his Instagram, Jake underscore I'll put it in the description, but um, it's pretty wild. It's more than most commercial gyms will probably have, uh, and he's got a ton of West Side equipment too, which Some is- unique equipment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very unique. Uh, you could see a lot of his workouts and him utilizing things like the plyo swing and inverse curl, things that uh, I'm sure a lot of people have never seen in a commercial gym. Most people probably never will. Uh, for those who have never used an inverse curl, it is one of the worst things in the world. It's, <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Uh, between that and the uh, ATP, the uh, West Side Belt Squad. Yep. Um, all right, so let's get right to the beginning. So Hamburg-born, right?
2: Hamburg-born.
0: Hamburg-born and, and raised. Frontier Central High School. Okay, local boy. Yeah. Uh, when did you start playing football?
2: Um, since Little Loop, I was with like, the CSRA Cougars. Um, and it's funny because I was actually really into soccer, too. No surprise, being a punter. Um, and that was actually my goal going into high school was to play soccer and stick with that. Yeah. And I was kind of torn because so my brother played football. My sister played soccer. So it was always, oh, which one should I do? And um, I had a gym teacher that ended up telling me, you know, you should play football, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I ended up joining. So, like, freshman year... It was, like, my first, like, legit year of, yeah. you know, playing. So Is that when
0: you knew you kind of wanted to maybe progress this into a career?
2: Um, It was more like I wanted to, you know, be, like, one of the big positions. Like, oh, I want to play receiver one day. And I never really thought punting. That was um, until my my coach uh, at the time, Coach Privateer, he he kind of, like, molded me a little yeah. bit and showed me more into punting. Um, so we knew I had a strong leg and, funny thing, my best friend – and I basically competed for the punting spot, Rob Golebek. Yeah. I see and, um, you guys
0: posting a lot of stuff together.
2: Yeah, and then he ended up com- becoming my snapper <laughs> I was the punter. So that's and it just kinda like became a game for me at that point where, you know, it just became like an addiction almost where it's like, all right, you know, I've gotta get a spider, I gotta get a spiderweg. Yeah. It just really grew from that over the years. And then it's probably not until like my late junior year when I was like, you know, I could probably go to college for this. Yeah.
0: So you went to Buff State originally, right? Yep. How long were you there? Um,
2: I played one season, and I actually went there in, that was 2007, and I went in 2008, but I didn't play. I decided I really wanted to move up and transfer somewhere, so I took the year off practically just to train, even though I was still going to Buff State, in hopes that I was going to be... You know transferring um to ub because that was like really my only option so where were you training just for kind that of year. going in the dark yeah um, where
0: were you training for that year <clears throat> uh
2: i think at the time just like your average like world gym oh, okay you know? so, so it, it was wasn't just, anything too specific you know, so and that was before you know i knew really anything about mm-hmm. lifting so it's just uh because coming out of high school i didn't get recruited uh all the video like the dvds we sent out you know back in the day yeah like, uh, None of those worked, because I guess whatever the computer program that we needed wasn't working on other computers mm-hmm. when they opened them, so we had to go back even more and put do, like, we put together, like, 20 VHS tapes.
0: Jesus. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And um, we sent out those to schools, and, I mean, Buff State was the only one that really reached out and just did that, as using it as a stepping stone, and UB even turned me down, like, five times. Yeah. They didn't want anything to do with me, because they were set with their punters and still weaseled my way on, and... Kept training and uh, earned myself onto like uh, a walk-on tryout. Paul was the one that ran us to death. Okay. All Thanks, Paul. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I got onto UB finally, and that was spring 2009 as a walk-on.
0: Okay. So he was your strength coach for the entire time you were there?
2: Um, He was, I want to say all 2009, and then when we had the coaching change with um, Jeff Quinn, it was Zach
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know there were some issues with that. I spoke with uh, Nate about that. Um I think I don't know if Paul's pretty vocal about his time at UB. I know Nate's very uh vocal about his yeah. uh resignation. I don't know if you want to call it a resignation from UB or his kind of being pushed out of there. Uh That's but when I, I
2: met Nate too. So that was that was kind of like an eye opener for me. Like the whole lifting stuff mm-hmm. was you know having a strength coach like Paul and yeah. And seeing Nate there all the time.
0: Was that your intro into Conjugate?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, that was the first time I've ever heard of, like, lifting with chains or mm-hmm. seeing, like, bands. And I was like, what is this stuff? Yeah. You know? So, but, um, you know, I was like, obviously, you could only train, like, a certain way when you're there. Like, when you're on, like, a, yeah. you, know, a you know, a sports team like that. But it was, like, a, like you said, like, an intro. And then it wasn't really until after college when that, that whole, like, learning system really blew up. Mm-hmm but um yeah UB I mean uh when I was when I walked on they wanted me they didn't they still told me I couldn't be a punter so I was a, I'm like well you know I played receiver and mm-hmm. corner in high school so I'm like I'll just do scout rec, scout team receiver and um it was funny because being on the scout team all that year I was actually like on the same scout team with like Khalil Mack and um mm-hmm. Bo Oliver and like like we had a pretty legit yeah <laughs> scout team so it was it was fun just to kind of play receiver, but every uh, beginning of practice and end of practice, I would punt some balls, and coaches would finally notice. And then it was until next year when we got the coaching changed. I uh, switched to punter and earned a scholarship the last two years. And, and uh, yeah, so I finished up my career uh, doing pretty, pretty well as punter yeah. and uh, got noticed finally, but nothing happened right out out of college.
0: Yeah, so you graduate when? 2011, 12?
2: Yeah, it finished So uh, like December 2011, and okay. then 2012 was like my draft year.
0: Yeah. So 2012, you're selling BAC memberships. Yeah. So for yep. those of you who don't know, the BAC is just uh, Buffalo Athletic Club. It's just a gym that we have here in the area. And uh, so you were selling memberships there for a little bit. Yeah. So Make ends um, meet.
2: I went to uh, Combine that, that was down in Phoenix. Um, the guy's name is Coach Zahner, and he's like the go-to specialist mm-hmm. for the teams. And um, I went down there... And, NFL scouts can't watch us because since we're you know, just fresh out of college before the draft it was something that is like a combine he would film it and then give like his top five guys he'd give those videos and talk to the scouts and you know give the coaches that video so went down there did really well um, I was one of his top five guys I knew I was being scouted by a bunch of you know NFL scouts and between that and doing well at this combine I was like oh man you know it was like something's gonna happen, you know, probably like a free agent pickup right after the draft, and nope, nothing happened you know when the draft came uh you know, I was a crushed one, you know, like I, I know uh the the bills were looking at me because I had a really good pro day with them too, so um when they signed, I think it was like Sean Powell at the time, the punter, and I was just devastated, <laughs> but uh no one even brought me in for a workout, so you know it was a uh, pretty upsetting and um decided you know as well I'll just continue training because it's definitely not over yet and that's yeah. where I ended up finding a job at the BAC which ended up being perfect because it's was already in a gym setting you can work out after or you know or before and um go get some kicks in yeah. so
0: what is going through your mind this whole time because you're kind of in limbo here you're not really in one place or the other and you just yeah so where are you mentally
2: um probably the earliest years were one of the toughest ones you know because it's like everything's so new and you don't you don't truly know like how the system works in the nfl and um so it just kind of felt like you know it's like uh it kind of it kind of drove me but at the same time it was just like crushing where it's like you know i had all these scouts looking at me and it's yeah. like what you know i was like okay what do i need to do so um you know it's a, that's where i ended up finding the bac and just said okay well you know i'll just I'll give it, like, a year or something, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, but it was kind of, it was definitely as crushing as it was, it was definitely, like, motivating to be like, okay, well, you know, I was overlooked again, you know, so, yeah. you know, here here I am now at the gym, and I'm just going to, you know, do everything I can to, you know, train for it, and, and that was when uh, I learned from Rob Goldbeck more about, you know, the conjugate system mm-hmm. and Westside Barbell, and, and that's where he started helping me with my workouts, and... That's where I started, like really learning, yeah, and putting that into my training.
0: Now, did you have a backup plan? Where you're just like, ah, if the NFL thing doesn't work out, I'm just gonna no. Uh,
2: okay. No, there was there was never a plan B. Yeah. It was just uh, you know, I mean, I graduated with this psychology degree um, in part to learn more about like the mental aspect of the game and like how maybe I could control like certain emotions mm-hmm. while playing or you know just uh, things like that. But you know, I was like, it was always I. I felt like deep down that I
0: was gonna get there some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it'd take four years, but I did it. <laughs> so. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so so I'm sure controlling your emotions during this time was big, right? Yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of anxiety and fear that kind of played into just like again that being in limbo, where am I going, what am I doing, kind of Yeah.
2: Yeah, as uh you know, you get certain points where um so like a year later i went to that same combine down in phoenix mm-hmm. and so this was after after like you know whole year of training went to this phoenix combine but this was a free agent combine so this was the first time kicking in front of like just a line of pro scouts and yeah. coaches and talk about a pressure situation i mean I, I feel more pressure in those type of combines than i do in like games because mm-hmm. combines it's like all eyes make it a break yeah. yeah all eyes on you you're the only thing that's going on um, you have all these guys clocking you you know filming you blah blah and, and I absolutely crushed at that camp and, how'd you do um, it was like practically flawless like, yeah it was uh or to the point where like the browns called me um like an hour later after the combine and that was like the first like true interaction like hey don't sign with anyone you know we're interested in you and I was yeah. just like this real life, you know. <laughs> so, um, I knew I crush it, and I felt like that was like, that was it. Yeah, um, and I ended up signing with the Browns like two days later.
0: Was that the first time where you really felt like all of this was kind of paying off? Yeah,
2: and that was the first real taste of the NFL. Yeah, both in a good and bad way. Where okay. I was with them for two months in um, like off-season workouts for April and May, and that's where I got the first taste of. NFL life where then I got cut yeah you know and that was you know they say first cut is the deepest that one certainly was and (laughs) um and it was like I got there and it was just like quickly taken away yeah you know it's like all that hard work and I'm like I'm like what are you talking about I just signed a three-year contract you know but as before you know you know contracts don't really matter and that's right I was so young and didn't really like, really understand how the system works. So, so how old are
0: you at this point? It's two thousand
2: and yeah, thirteen. I want to say twenty three. Okay, maybe yeah, um, twenty three or twenty four. I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, and
0: now I, did you already move out to Cleveland?
2: They had a set up in like a like an extended stay okay. type of place. So, but I mean, I was looking at houses and or like in apartments. You know, I'm yeah. like, yeah, oh, this is you know, going to be my home for the next few years. And then it's just like no, I was doing really well and crushing. And then all of a sudden, we call him the Grim Reaper. You know, I see, uh, see the guy come up to you. And it's like, hey, uh, bring your playbook. You know, we need to talk to you.
0: Can you talk about why you were cut? Was there a specific reason? Was it political? Um, was it...
2: I feel... It's hard to say. Because, I mean, you want to believe what they say all the time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they might just be blowing smoke. So, yeah. like, that reason was, hey, we have... Um, injuries or for them I I kind of you know I believe what they had to say you know it was like before I really got into like how important holding was okay and holding as a punter could either make or break Uh, break you there so it's like I mean I was a good holder but I wasn't a great holder yet so and they were still trying to figure kicking issues out Mm -hmm. so I think they wanted um, someone that was more experienced with that so they let me go maybe because of holding and maybe they need another position at the time but that's where I was cut with other teams, and we'll get into, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of an eye-opener where it's like, okay, I'm not just a punter, you know, I got to be a great holder, too, yeah. and it was like when I drove back home to Buffalo, back into my parents' house, yeah. in my older room, which is, I've done many times, and it's depressing each time it, Um you know, it was like a couple of weeks, and didn't hear anything, and my dad, you know, I didn't have a job yet, and my dad was like, well, you know, the NOCO gas station down the yeah. street is hiring, <laughs> And I'll never forget that, because that was something that just, like, set the fire on, on Yeah, anything, yeah. And that's why I ended up going back to the BAC and working there for a little bit again.
0: So how long... I mean, I guess that kind of answers where I was going to go next. Like, where were you mentally... You get cut from the rounds, you go home back to your old bedroom, yeah. childhood bedroom. It's the worst. Yeah. It was the worst feeling. Yeah.
2: Because um, you don't know, because, like I said, it was before I really knew how the system works. So it was just like, is this over? Is this it? Like... You know, it's like I don't understand. I just didn't understand. Yeah, you know, and um, and then that wasn't until Tampa finally brought me in a workout in September. So I got cut in May. Tampa brought me in for a workout in September, mm-hmm. and that was my first like single workout where it was like me and one other punter, and we're just out in the practice field, and you got like you know all the coaches and scouts and. It was just basically like a one-on-one battle where it was like an individual team workout. And that was yeah. my first first one, and I crushed it there and didn't hear anything after, so I was like, okay. you know. And and then all of a sudden, December rolled around, and be like, and uh, they ended up signing me to a futures contract.
0: Okay, so what is that a futures contact? contract? Contract, so, excuse me. So, so ju- yeah, just a quick, I don't know anything about football for yeah, the most so part. Yeah, so the futures
2: contract is, so it's before the upcoming NFL season, so that's usually around mid-March. Okay. So I think like this was like four, up until 4 p.m. on March 13th or something like that, because that's my latest contract explored. Mm-hmm. Um, but it goes up... So a futures contract is kind of like, hey, you can't sign with another team. You're you're basically on hold okay. with us Yeah. until the regular season starts, and then it, it kind of rolls into that. So I was on a futures contract with the Bucks, where everything starts up in April, and um, you know, so felt good all that, that uh winter and early part of spring and and um went into the uh, the Bucks off season workouts and camped in again, April and May. Mm-hmm. Got let go. Got cut. <laughs> like right before OTAs. <laughs> so I still didn't even reach OTAs yet. It was just like all um off season workouts yeah. and uh I was just like, Okay. But I I did really well, you know, everyone really liked me and finally I something worked in my favor where they liked me so much that um, one of the main scouts called the Jets for me mm-hmm. and told them to bring me in. So then it was like, I was probably home for like three days and then oh, the wow. Jets brought me in. Yeah. So they said, Hey, we're going to have like a three day mini camp. I think it was like their last three days in like June. It was mm-hmm. like their mandatory mini camp. And it was me and one other punter. And then there was like two kickers. And they're like, You guys are basically going to hash it out. To um, these three days and we're going to take the best guy coming into our training camp. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was a better punter and, and I was able to come and go into my first training camp finally with the jets. And that was 2014.
0: Yeah. So you were there from what, June to about November or so.
2: Um, I, no, I made, uh, up until the third preseason game, I believe with the jets. So that was like, I'll say late August probably. Okay. And then I got cut by the jets. Um, and, and then it wasn't until November when Tampa called me again mm-hmm. because there, there's something going on with their punter and they brought me onto the practice squad. So, same thing fly down there, have another workout yeah. against like two other guys, came out on top and then got, uh, onto the practice squad. And that was like my first taste of like, Actually getting some money Yeah From the team And like I remember the one scout He's like You're finally gonna get paid I was like holy crap <laughs> so, so so
0: this whole time You're not really getting paid for No
2: that I mean You get stuff for uh, Like off season workouts And everything um, But it's not much It's more like to Just get you by If like you're Running out of place Or yeah. you need some food But it's not Just It's not anything to even like Live on <laughs> It's just like Alright I'm working out and stuff And with this team And yeah. able to make some money But Um yeah, so I was only on practice squad for like four days, and then okay. I got let go, and then the Jets called again, and um, <laughs> it was the same thing with the futures contract. They called at the end of December, yeah. signed me a futures contract, and I was with the Jets from start of April, all the way through the first preseason
0: game in September. Okay. So now we're 2015. Yeah. So 2015. So we're again going back to where are you mentally this whole time? You're Going from team to team, you're sticking around for a couple weeks or so. And, yeah, so this one you, I you felt get, good. Yeah. It was okay, my
2: second stint with the Jet or second stint with the Jets. I was feeling good. I was absolutely crushing it. Um, all like off season, the OTAs, training camp, I was killing it. And my first preseason game I averaged like fifty three yards. Yeah. And I was like feeling on top of the world. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah, you know, I was like, just murder it. I'm like I'm <laughs> I'm sticking around here. I'm I'm their guy. Next day, I get cut. I'm like, the Grim Reaper shows up mm-hmm. and he's just like, hey, man. He's like, bring your playbook. I'm like, or bring your tablet or whatever you have. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah. what do I need to do? So, it's, you know, and I think, you know, they just straight up told me they just, um, they just feel like they wanted to go with the other guy. Yeah. And I remember coming home to that one. I was just like, that's like where I really looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, all right, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, it's like, we continue this or do, you know, or, or like are we finding something else to do because I honestly don't know what I can do anymore. Yeah. And um, Green Bay or, yeah, Green Bay brought me in for a workout which just came out of nowhere because they saw me at that game because it was in Detroit. Okay. So they had a scout there watching.
0: So this is while you were with Tampa. This
2: one, I just got let go from the Jets okay. in 2015. Right after the first preseason game, uh, Green Bay brought me in. And another flawless workout done, where to the point I kept hitting the ceiling of their indoor facility. Yeah. So we had to move outside to finish the workout. And I hit every ball great, was feeling good. I'm like, called my agent. I'm like, looks like we're going to be silent with Green Bay, <laughs> you know. And um, <laughs> I'm sitting in this room. I'm like, the top of the world. And the, guy, the scout comes in. He's like, hey, man. He's like, you know, we really loved you. We want to bring you on. But the GM, who's Ted Thompson at the time, he's like, he just doesn't want, he doesn't want to really make a decision yet. So I was like,
0: what? Yeah.
2: So I went home again and, uh again, same thing, looking in the mirror, I'm like, really? <laughs> like, am I about back to, to my old yeah. room? Am again. I about to start pumping yeah. gas at the noco? finally? Yeah. yeah. So, and like, and again, it was like all within like a week's time. Then Tampa called right after, and then they brought me in. So this was a third stint with Tampa. And I'm like, here we go back to Tampa. So I'm like, they must like me or something if they keep bringing me in. So I went down there, and they already had two punters. Um, we went at it uh, that week in practice, and then it was like the third preseason game of this, yeah, I'm pretty sure third, third one where we were playing Cleveland in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And their main punter wasn't going, but it was just me and the other guy. And I had an awesome game, and, uh, and then they let go of both the punters like two days later and I was just like, uh, I'm the only punter on the roster right yeah, now. Yeah, Like, yeah. and it was, because uh, it was my long snap at the time, he came up to me, he's like, dude, so, like, do you hear they let go, you know, so-and-so? I'm like, what? <laughs> it's just, and I had to like, walk away into like, a separate room and, like, I just like, I was like,
0: gather your emotions. Yeah, yeah. I,
2: like, it was kind of just like, in shock. I didn't know like, how to feel. I've mm-hmm. never been, the only guy, yeah. you know, so... But I knew I had a fourth preseason game to go to, and um, I end up... We went down to Miami, and that was, like, a make-or-break game. If mm-hmm. I, I would have had a bad game, they probably would have found someone else, and I had a great game, and um, I was feeling awesome. My agent's like, all right, we just have to make it through, like... It was, like, I don't know, 4 p.m. on Sunday, because yeah. that was, like, the cutoff of the 53. And 4 p.m. came, and it was, like, the longest day of my life, but... Yeah. It came, and I mean that was my first official 53-man roster spot, and that's it was awesome. like, I mean, four years and five cuts later, <laughs> and it's just, and that's why I ended up picking number five in Tampa.
0: Okay. Yeah. So this is so this is when you were with the Bucks. Yeah. So okay. that
2: was 2015, yeah. and that was my first season.
0: How did that finally feel? Making your NFL debut.
2: Like a huge weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Like I wasn't doing all this for nothing. Like you, you don't know, have to it's go like, home and pump gas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, like. I did it. You know, yeah. it's just like, it just, it just felt, I knew I meant, I was like meant to be there. Mm-hmm. So it was like, um, you know, like some people like when they get into and everything, it's like, they almost get that star struck, you know, feeling mm-hmm. if like they say, see a certain person or whatever. And I was like, after so many years of doing it and I'm like, man, I, I belong here. You know, yeah, this is it. it's yeah. like, I, I just had so many emotions where it was like, it's like, I want to cry. I want to laugh. I want to like be like, just go just everything. Uh, like everything, yeah. You know? So it was, uh, but at the same time, it was like, okay, now I'm the guy. I have to perform now. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I was like – sh- yeah. Keep your shit
0: together. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome.
2: So, it's like no more games. Like, it's yeah. just – Very overwhelming, I'm it's, sure. Yeah, very. Yeah. And it was, it was a learning experience. I mean, I because mean, you're trying to keep your job and trying to make everyone else happy. And mm-hmm. that was something I learned all that year was you know, you're being told one thing by this coach. He wants to do this and a lot of people are on the same page you know so it's like when the scouts and whoever else is like looking at your numbers you're like no it's like well i was told to do this by this coach so it's like but they're expecting me to do something else and but at the same time you have to like you have to please them to an extent but you have to do enough to keep your job too and it's just like that was really tough that season was i was learning so much in that respect whereas like i wasn't Hitting my ball the way I normally hit it because okay. I was trying to do almost too much and please some of these coaches or right. like what they wanted to do because at the end of the day they're trying to keep their job too.
0: So now, how long are you with the uh, with Tampa?
2: Um, so I was I was literally there for like almost like a year exactly because mm-hmm. I made it in the off season they end up signing. Um, one of the bigger name punters, Brian Anger, and he was known for like being drafted over Russell Wilson. Okay. he was like a third round draft pick. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he did really well in Jacksonville, and he was a big name. So my head coach at the time called me and was like, "Hey, listen, I want to let you know before you know you hear this from like you know somebody else, other sources yeah. and stuff, but we just did this, and um, which I always respect him for that, you know. So that was like a pretty classy move. That was Dirk Header at the time. And um and it was a it was a battle between me and Anger. I mean we you know, we really pushed each other and I was hitting some of the best balls of my life in training camp and um I think I made it through I can't remember if it was like two or three preseason games and um uh they ended up going with him and like two days later Cleveland called and this was this was this was like where things got really crazy. It was I was thought I was going to Cleveland. Yeah. And my agent's like, hey, uh, get to the airport. Cleveland's flying you out in like two hours. I was like, well, holy crap. Yeah. Because you know, so, I had like nothing ready and it was like unexpected. So I'm like rushing to pack my duffel, uh, duffel bag. And like, I asked my long staff, I'm like, can you just watch my dog for a day? Cause I, and then I'll find her. Yeah. And I'll find someone to watch her. And um, I'm rushing to the airport. He drops me off. I'm like, see you. And I'm like, about to go through security. My shoes are off and my agent's calling. And I'm like, just pick it up really quick so pick it up he's like turn around i'm like what he's like yeah so we have to wait till like after 4 p.m tomorrow not today because however like the waiver wire is mm-hmm. like sunday didn't count as a day or something weird like that where we couldn't go today but i had to wait another day okay. so my as my blood pressure's just yeah you know? i'm like <laughs> oh my god so i'm like i'm like are they still interested so he's like yeah yeah he's just they got to bring you in tomorrow And they weren't even going to sign me. They were just going to bring me in for a workout. Right. So go home. They gave me a chance to finally pack everything, get ready. Around 3, 4 p.m. comes around. Agent's finally calling. I'm like, all right, let's see what Cleveland has to say now. He's like, hey, um, change of plans. You're going to Green Bay. And I was like, okay. So uh, that was unexpected. Um, And he's like, and you're not going for a workout. They claimed you. So claiming means because I had a two-year uh, deal with the Bucks. Okay. I played one year, so it's like they basically give Green Bay your remaining contract. Okay, so that's where they claim you. So like they take, so it's basically they're taking that last year of my two-year contract. So I didn't have to work out. I was just signing to the team. Right. So and I knew they had like a long, t- a long, uh, like seven-year veteran or eight-year veteran, and um, and I know like the fans really liked him, and he's like kind of a big deal there. So I was just yeah. like, okay, so. I don't know what's going on with this, but I'm on the flight, about to fly to Detroit over to Green Bay. I'm, like, looking at my phone one last time, and I see their punter at the time, his name is Tim Mastay. I'm, like, Tim Mastay released from Green Bay, blah, blah, blah. Um, Jake Shum signs going to be a punter. I'm, like, holy crap. Yeah. I'm, like, my phone's about to blow up. That's insane. So my mind's going wild this whole trip up to uh, Detroit. Land in Detroit, open my phone. My Twitter, my Instagram, my messages—I <laughs> probably had like close to 200 messages, Holy like shit. just on text messages. And yeah, I mean, my Instagram followers and everything just blew up. Like, no one really cared much when I was in Tampa. <laughs> right, right, right. But Green Bay fans are a little different. They're
0: great. I mean, um, so I'm—I'm I'm sure he's probably, hopefully, gonna listen to this. One of my uh, really, really, really good friends, Anthony. Uh, he has a giant Green Bay tattoo right on his thigh. They're,
2: we're, they're everywhere. Um, it's like Bills fans.
0: Yeah. That's he crazy. named his dog Aaron. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and when, when his, his son was born, I was just like, hey, congrats. I was like, but you know, you can't name your son Aaron too, right? <laughs> um, but I actually texted him a couple of days ago when, uh, w- when we confirmed this and did I write it down? I was like, hey, do you have any questions? And he said, who can out chug who? You were Aaron Rodgers. I was
2: never really there to see any chugging okay. contests. Um,
0: so, and if you're listening, you're yeah,
2: welcome. Yeah, sorry to disappoint. Um, but it was, uh, uh, who were they showing doing the chugging? Is that David uh, Backyardi? I'm not um, sure. But he was, just, he was crushing on oh, yeah. that the one basketball game. He's probably the king of it, if I would have to choose anyone. Okay. But they showed that basically on national TV, so yeah. I think the world knows now.
0: Okay, uh, fair enough. If anything comes up, just let me know and I'll, yeah. I'll erase this part. Um, all right, so now you're in Green Bay. Yeah. You are blowing up. Yeah. What's going on? I mean, you're...
2: Well, even before I got to Green Bay, because I went to Detroit, and I was supposed to arrive in Green Bay at like 10 p.m., Of course, there were plenty of delays, Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. I didn't get into Green Bay until like 2 a.m.
0: What month is this? This is August. Okay, so um, it's not Green Bay weather yet. It's no. not. Okay.
2: So... It's very similar to Buffalo weather. Yeah. So it was um it's just like uh it gets colder consistently but less snow. Okay. Um but yeah, so I I get in at like two in the morning and they're like telling me, Hey, we'll pick you up at like six. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Cool. So um I'm on uh, just a couple hours of sleep by the time I was actually get any sleep with my mind racing and uh, they pick me up, we're like, Yeah, hey, we're just uh we have to sign some things or we have to we're going to have a walk through practice and when I was with Tampa like walk through practice was literally like a walk through practice mm-hmm. um, Mason Crosby kicker at Green Bay he's like I was like so what are we just going to kind of like walk through some plays and do this and that he's like no it's like a full practice i was like all right this cool is it I'm like welcome to green bay so my first practice my first punts i know all eyes are on me cuz they're like who is this new punter you know yeah. just came out of nowhere it was like back of the end zone into a tough wind and I'm punting, like, 12 to 15 times and um, had a good practice. And the same day, we have, like, two hours until we have to get to the airport because we're going to Kansas City now. Okay. So I just came from Tampa, you know, went to Detroit, uh, Green Bay. Now we're flying to Kansas City for the last preseason game, and that was the biggest one. It was, yeah. like, again, I was, like, that make or break. Like, mm-hmm. good game, bad game. Like, all eyes were practically on me and um i probably still this day had one of the best games of my life wow and um and then like again like that feeling of i did it yeah i did it again i'm like i'm with friggin' green bay you know like when you think football you think like green bay yeah you know it's just uh so that was probably one of the best feelings you know it was just uh I'm like, here I am, second year playing now, I'm with Green Bay Packers, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, here we go. This is it. Yeah.
0: So how long were you Green Bay?
2: I was uh, with them all 2016, where we had an awesome run up, to, up into the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. and uh, I signed a year extension in March to play in 2017, and then that's when I hurt my back in April.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, what happened?
2: It's crazy. Um, agility drill, just uh, the way I twisted and turned, mm-hmm. just felt my back lock up, and thought it was maybe a muscle spasm. And yeah. the way uh, the, we got an MRI, it there's a nice bulge right there in the L4, L5 yeah. vertebrae. So, you know, it was just kind of devastating in that respect, where it was like, you know, finally caught a break, had a team give me a year extension, yeah. and, and, this now is this, what and now this. And now this. So. You know, I think, you know, I've trained for so many years, well, so since like 2012 up until that time, which was 2017. You know, I felt like I was almost indestructible. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I was doing stuff in those team activities too where my body wasn't really used to. I was doing way more agility stuff. Right. And uh, and that's kind of like what we'll get into is more what I've been doing now is adding that into my workouts yeah. more.
0: Now, do you feel like your sense of "I'm indestructible" is what brought you to injury?
2: Um, I don't know. That's I'm, that's hard hard to say. You yeah. know, it's just like maybe. You know, maybe it was just like kind of like a long time coming right. type of thing, where it's just. I think. Mentally and physically, I was like just going at it for so hard for so long mm-hmm. to make it that it was just, you know, my Inevitable. body was just kind of like. Bro, relax, yeah. you know? <laughs> and it, it was you know, in a weird way too. That was the first year ever that I took a while off from like kicking. Right. You know, it was um 'cause I'd always even if the season ended I would I'd kick maybe a day here, kick a day there. Yeah. Um but we finished I think my my last game was late late January and that was the NFC championship and I didn't really kick again until maybe March, late March. Um, it was like right before we started team stuff again in April. Yeah. So I've never taken that big of a break. So it's like, I don't know if like stuff shifted in right. my body or just kind of like my body relaxed a little too much. And, and I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those weird things yeah. is you'll never, you'll never know. It's,
0: but it's yeah. Usually any injury of the low back and disc, especially with a high level athlete, uh, it's just wear and tear, yeah. right? It's It wasn't that one drill that did you in. It was the thousand little things you did yeah. up until then that kind of like, you know, that's all you needed was just whatever agility drill you guys were. Because if it didn't happen then, it could have happened the next day. Exactly. You could have sneezed a, yeah. or coughed, and then like, boom, disc was gone. It was just... Um, yeah. I see that a lot. Um, because it's like
2: I kept trying to do more and more. It's like, okay, I got cut from this team. All right, right time to... Jack up the training. All right, yeah. I got cut from this team. Need to pump more. Need to do this. So makes sense. Every time I was cut, you know, I was just like, okay, what am I not doing? And it was just like, I never. It was just put the you know foot on the gas pedal even more. So it's yeah. just uh, yeah,
1: keep just going, keep going.
2: Slowly just increasing, okay. and I'm like, man, but but I think in a weird way, you know, it's like it was a blessing in disguise because mm-hmm. it completely changed how I train, how I look at things, okay. how, you know, to the point <clears throat> where how I'm lifting now and kicking are both better than before my injury.
0: Okay. Why do you think that is? And that kind of leads me to my next.
2: I think just, um, I think one on a me- you know, mental level is, I feel like I've been through it all now. Yeah. The injury was like that last thing where it's like, well, I've been through an injury, and you know, I didn't get surgery, and I I went through the whole rehab process, mm-hmm. and been cut this many times, and gone through this, and been through the ringer. You know, it's like I'm like a seasoned vet now. Okay. You know? so like yeah. I've seen it all, so it's like you know, I'm like nothing phases me in that respect. And but on the physical level, I think just kind of focusing a lot more on the little things. Like I mean, I was all about recovery before, but right. after the injuries, like I went into like overload yeah. with, like, the recovery stuff and all the things that I eventually um, got to help with my back and just my body, and, yeah. um, you know, I can tell with my lower back, it was it's way stronger now than it was before yeah. just because, you know, I'm focusing on that and just all my postural muscles, but, you know, I just, I, th- I think just working on those little things, I'm just coming back way stronger. I mean, I can see it easily on my punts when I'm out in the field now. hmm and I mean that's the most important thing for what I'm trying to do is like it can that's great if it's working out in here in the weight room, but if it's not transitioning to the field it means nothing. yeah, yeah. and I think I was muscling it so much out in the field for yeah. so many years too, whereas now it seems like it just feels more fluid and i'm a, and I think I think le, like just less and it's just kind of like just more yeah you know it's like I go out there and just crush balls in there
0: yeah <laughs> so what have you started implementing since? since the injury that's like really really helped you both as I guess lifting weights and as a yeah. hunter
2: it was it was tough because that's when um that's like just part of like learning of what you needed to do right you know, I was like when it first happened obviously I was limited to what I can do and unfortunately the one thing I needed to do I couldn't yeah. it drove me nuts and yeah. you know, it's just uh in a weird way like I feel like the gym. Well, I know the gym saved my back, mm-hmm. and not to get too like dramatic, or whatever, but probably like saved like my life too. Yeah, like, absolutely. It was depressing, yeah. you know I was like, you know, I couldn't even like sleep without just like sharp pain just yeah. shooting, and, you know. So it's like between sleep, sleep, you give someone else your job practically after yeah. having an awesome year, and, um, you can't even lift the way you want because it hurts. So yeah. it's like. I can't do anything that I love doing. So
0: you're just, you're, like, ready to go off the rails here, I'm sure. Yeah, it
2: was just, it was really frustrating because some things I would do, I'd feel really loose suddenly. Like, I'm like, oh, I can swing my leg a little bit more. I'm like, why? I'm doing an upper body workout. So I'd, like, try to just kind of try to mimic those, like, other days, but then it wouldn't do the same thing. So it's like, what? like, what is working? Like, what's loosening up where one day I can swing my leg more, but then... I can't another day, and I mean the reverse hyper, which was like, you know, one of the best things for your lower back and just that whole postural chain. I still couldn't use that as much as I wanted, so I have the um, pent- pent- bent pendulum inverse or reverse hyper. Yeah. So I had to p- kind of put on the easier setting where you can tilt it up okay. a little bit, yeah. like the so front end of flexion. it, and was kind of I would just basically do that with like no weight and that's what I had to do for like a long time it almost took almost took like about a year until I can finally do it flat totally with should. some weight because I couldn't get that flexion without a yeah. strong pull um, and that's just kind of where um, I was just kind of like building that base strength that's where I was going absolute performance mm-hmm. I was working with Tom and he was just uh, putting me through some basically some functional exercises to kind of get my body like that base strength again for like some body weight stuff. And, and I felt like I kind of got to a certain point there where I felt like my body adapts really quickly. Okay. So it's like, if I'm doing something between like, so for like, example, the lifting there and then doing them, um, the, my rehab work um, with Terry Rose physical therapy, like it worked to a certain extent, but then my body was like, all right, now what? yeah you know so it's What's like next? that was frustrating too it's like i would get to points see some you know see some uh good results and then it would just like just plateau and just like stop and I'd stop getting better so then that's where i came that's where i finally got like the garage like really started like yeah. coming together because i had in my little like my actual garage i came with the house before i had the extension built and i was just figuring out what works what doesn't you know so it was like a lot of trial and error and that's why i was adding little things like a lot more stabilization exercises a lot of um you know single leg or you know a lot more ab work and just really focusing on um post posterior chain and i was trying to not attack the lower back directly but more stuff like around it yeah and um on like a bigger scale kind of yeah. yeah so it was just uh Like, uh, my buddy Rob told me too, and that's why we started working out barefoot, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like strengthening your feet and kind of working down and working your way up, you know, it's just like so much starts with your feet. Absolutely. And that's, especially with you. I mean, yeah,
0: that's your job, right? Is that foot?
2: Yep, exactly. (laughs) So I didn't really start that until maybe a few months ago or so, but, um, I mean, just like I said, it was just, it was just more like those little things. It's like, I mean, I was able to do a pretty much 95% of my, my lifting, but I had to tweak it, you know, I mean, I got away from like the real heavy, you know, one rep rep max lifts and I'm like, I don't need to be doing that anymore, you know, so it's like I kind of turned those into higher reps and um, a lot more band tension and like I said, stabilization stuff, but.
0: And I mean, I'm sure a lot of like that conjugate, uh, those conjugate principles and methods kind of apply here, right? Because it was... You were not following anything specific. It wasn't like you squat, bench, deadlift, press. It was like you did what you had to do for you. It was a lot of auto regulation, a lot of like what works, what doesn't, trial and error. Yeah. Like, you said.
2: like we followed that like system where it's like, um, you know, I like got your heavy lower day. Um, the way we kind of tweaked it was like we'd have our heavy lower day box jumps Tuesday we the way we mm-hmm. split our box jumps like that's that was always a huge part of our training and, so. I mean
0: yeah so for anybody who wants to see some ridiculous box jumps <laughs> I mean what's your record it's got to be a little over 50 inches right
2: um so with like a step and everything uh I think it was like a one or two step but finally got up to like 60 inches not Holy too long shit. ago which I'm yeah. like 60 inches is 60 inches whether you take steps or not yeah you know? I mean, so that's so five like, feet yeah. So we, I finally, that was like something I always wanted to reach, and I finally reached that. Yeah. And I didn't hit record on the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it the second time, so I ended up doing it like twice in a yeah. row. So it was a, it was pretty cool. But um, I mean, you're only going to do that like here and there, but like what I really like doing is more like that moderate weight. Right. You know, like, well, Tuesday's more of like our, we'll say like max uh, height day. So mm-hmm. we'll try to get whatever variation of jumps we can do, which is always changing right so it's just like oh well this would pretty sound pretty cool let's yeah, try to yeah, do this yeah. and then Wednesdays are heavy upper two, Thursdays are volume upper and then box jumps which is more that moderate height um, for like reps so that's okay. like sort of like you know, strap some bands <clears throat> to me or something and kind of do like maybe like five sets of, tw- uh, five, sets of five or mm-hmm. five by ten or something and then we go into our dynamic days dynamic lower dynamic upper yeah. and Sunday's like an active rest type too. Yeah but um so we actually kept that that's what I was doing for years and mm-hmm. I still today that's what I follow I've just tweaked how I do it like right. exercise wise you know I'm not I'm not doing those heavy movements anymore I'm still doing like moderate weight or you know ish, but that can do for comfortable reps and I kind of tweaked everything where if I'm doing like squats I'm doing more of like that reverse band setup okay. so it's really taking that pressure off the bottom yeah. and I mostly do it with the safety squat bar but the ATP um, by Westside has, you know, probably saved my hips and everything yeah. for, you know, because I couldn't squat with a back, um, with my back in- injury because all that compression. So the ATP was just constantly tractioning it, and I can still keep that <clears throat> strength in my hips and everything.
0: So for those that don't know what an ATP is, uh, what it, it's the athletic training platform, right, that's what it stands for. Yeah. Uh, it's a belt squat. For those of you who don't know what a belt squat is, Google it. It's <laughs> essentially just a cable on a pulley system. It's like a low cable. Um, and instead of having a bar on your back, it's just a belt around your hips that just pulls you straight down. Um, and you can modify that thing like crazy, especially the one, uh, I'm looking at right now. Um, I, am not even gonna get into it. Just look up like a West Side belt squat. Um, it's super wide. You can do bar work in there. You could pull. You can, I don't think you can squat in yours. Um, but you could do so much. I mean, they use it for grapplers, football players, wrestlers. Yeah. Literally, Literally any yeah, sport I think doesn't make think a difference. Yeah. And
2: that's a great part because you get creative with yeah. it and mo- one of the most versatile pieces of equipment yeah. you can have.
0: But we're not here to <laughs> talk about that. But, I mean, if Westside wants to throw me a sponsorship, and, <laughs> I don't know. That would be great. But either way, um, I want to talk about, like, goal setting and reevaluating goals. So throughout this whole time, what is your process? Are you, like... You know, what what's your process of goal setting? You're like, all right, this is where I want to be in a week or a month or a year, and then how are you reevaluating that, you know, throughout that time? Whether it's life, NFL, injury, a squat, a lift, whatever it might be, you know, like what was really going through your head in terms of like this is where I want to be in X amount of time?
2: Um I guess it was just kind of like a almost like a day by day thing for okay. a while. You know, it's like with the injury, it's like you know i had my great days i had my bad days yeah. where it's like you know i felt like i was getting a little better and then one day it would just hurt and i'd be like is this ever gonna get better <clears throat> you know surgery was the last thing in my mind i didn't want to do that um i would almost get to the point where I like well i'd probably get comfortable with it and just yeah. deal with it because it's like i don't want to get cut open and you know, like so 50 50 with back surgeries right. um but then I started really like turning a corner and started really feeling good and um i could really get into my workouts a lot more and and the goal was always just to get back in the NFL Yeah, you know it was like it's almost it's almost that mentality of like okay I don't care how long it takes again I'm gonna get back there mm-hmm. and nothing happened uh, last year I actually I like, got had a workout with the Bills in November it went really well um, they just went with Matt Darr, and um, he ended up finishing the season but I'm like I try to take all those little things like you know I was like positive you know I was like Right. bills didn't pick me up you know bring me in for workout for so many years and it's like okay they finally brought me in you know so like that's a good step forward so and i didn't really want to do any more combines anymore i'm like man i've done this like i'm just so over that right. aspect of it and like this whole tryout stuff but i'm like i really like had to dig deep to do it this year and i went down to one in alabama in january of this year yep and uh happened to be right on my 30th birthday so I never knew I'd spend my 30th in Mobile, yeah. Alabama. But um I crushed that combine so it was my first combine I've done since 2013. Okay. And did really well so I was like, "Okay, sweet." You know, I was like, "Got some good film finally in the yeah. pressure situation." And didn't hear anything from that. And then the the real big one was going down to Phoenix for a third time for that combine, the free agent one where the Browns picked me up. So mm-hmm. I'm like, "Here I am." Like what six years later yeah I mean
0: 2013 you're in Cleveland so. yeah
2: so I'm like here we go again you know I'm like this is it so and I end up being the best one at the camp again right in front yeah. of all the scouts and I thought for sure I'm like now they saw me firsthand <laughs> you know I'm like I'm, I'm about to get a call any day now and still nothing's come from that so so just kind of looking at goals I'm I'm like okay uh, I'm I just decided to give This year, like everything that I have, like I'm gonna go to pretty much as many combines as I can, um, just to try to get noticed, try to put up. So I've been way more active on my social media, yeah. Both lifting and um, punting, just to show what I've been able to do. And then I went to Milwaukee to the same guy that runs those combines, Mm -hmm. because he had an invite only camp, and he brought me in, and uh, we just got really good footage. He kind of ran it like the same type of combine setting with the same punts he would do and uh just to get really good films. so now it's like and i posted that on youtube where it's like hey i got this film from late july versus being like hey i got this film in march you know yeah. so it's like right before preseason i got all this so it's so it's just kind of like setting like little goals like that um do you
0: feel it, that social media holds you accountable like you po- cuz you, you don't really hide anything you you post every workout you post yeah. literally um, everything
2: in a sense maybe like and that's kind of like what I kind of had to think about too, yeah. you know, like what I post. Uh, where before I'm like doing all these heavy lifts and everything, and it's like my freak t- teams out. But at the same time, it's like people don't understand. You've been doing that for years. Like, like when someone sees something new and they're like, and you're squatting all this weight or whatever, it's like, yeah. whoa, like you better be careful. Right. And it's right, like right. for who, you know? Yeah. It's like that, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. It's yeah. like I know what my body can can handle. For someone like that hasn't been doing it, it's like yeah, it's gonna look nuts, yeah. but. That's where now where things like even with my social media has changed where, you know, my workouts have changed and that's something I want to show. them. like, these are the type of things I'm doing now. For you. you. Yeah, Yeah, for me, for how it's going to help me on the field. You know, it's like, it's like it's showing explosive dynamic, you know, I'm like doing a lot of change of direction stuff. Like, I'm like, I'm showing that like, hey, I'm pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm in shape if someone's going to try to return a punt on me, yeah, I'm going to take them out. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm pumped the put pump the ball far, put in a skin good position. And, um, and that's kind of like what I'm trying to show. And those are like all these little goals. And like I'm trying to, you know, when football's all set and over with one day and you know, I plan on utilizing this gym, right. I plan on, you know, like training people one day or trying you to start can, training yeah. athletes. And you can easily open this place up. Yeah. For, and, and that's what membership. I want to get crazy. out there. And I was like, I want to show like the type of stuff we do here. And like, um, what's helped me get to the, you know yeah. the NFL? i like, I mean, without <clears> this, if I didn't have this, I don't know if I'd get back to where I, I've been able to get to. You know, yeah. it's like you'd be pumping gas. Yeah, maybe on, on days that yeah. I was like bummed out or depressed or something, to walk here, yeah, just walk in here and just like sit in here, yeah, and kind of just like refocus and gather myself. Well, it's just um,
0: I mean, your kitchen is five feet away. Right? Exactly. That's, yeah, so you don't have an excuse to not get to the gym today. Yep,
2: that's and awesome. just yeah. kind of like what keeps pushing me, but. You know, it's an investment to yourself. And, you know, it's like I knew that I always wanted to be in like a gym type setting. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even when football is all set and over with, like, one, I'm going to have this stuff for the rest of my life to keep, you know, train and just be healthy. And, and two, like, I want to share my knowledge and help other people out and turn this, you know, eventually, you know, one day into a business where something, yeah, can kick other people's butts too. But, um, but for now, like, the next goal is staying ready. I feel like I'm on call 24 seven now. And, um, Cause it's that time when you're not ready is when the team's gonna call. So it's just I'm ready. You no, know, whoever's listening, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like I'm ready to roll. So, and that's like again, that's why I keep posting as much stuff as I can just to show teams like, yeah. hey, you know,
0: we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in the, at the end. But yeah, for anybody who's listening and doesn't want to wait till the end, uh, Jake underscore S C H U M on Instagram. Uh, but he'll throw out all of his contacts at the end. But seriously, check it out. I mean, he's got. I mean, between you and Rob you guys have just like taken the conjugate and west side whatever you want to call it into such an individualized uh, training mythology for you guys you know what I mean and it works for you and um, I think that's a really big reason why people fail west side and conjugate that's why people are you know especially uh, because I come from like the raw powerlifting mindset community that's who I've always been around Um, and everybody's like west side doesn't work and I'm like well west side's west side right you leave west side in Columbus Ohio anything outside of Columbus, Ohio is not West side. It's conjugate. Yeah. And conjugate doesn't work for you because you don't make it work for you. Cause exactly. you look at what Louie posts and what West side posts and you're just like, Oh, well I have to max out every week. Go by buy the and, book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which is great. Right. Because that book was written for a reason. And, um, you know, I've been learning a lot more like, okay, it's not the end all of utilizing conjugate. Right. Like I don't max out every week to a one rep max. Some weeks are a five. Some weeks are a three. Some are a one. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I've learned is, like, you don't need to miss a lift every single week. So when I was training at Absolute Performance with Paul Childress and um, Joe Doherty, they were both Westside guys, right? Like, they were there at Westside for a long time. And their thing was, you got to fail every week. You have to miss a lift. Like, you have to take it to 105%. And that's great, but it didn't work for me, right? I was hurt. I could never recover. Not to say that I'm not hurt all the time now, but I'm a lot less hurt now than I was then. And now I understand, like, okay, I can't. I can't do high rep good mornings, right? Like good mornings for volume weeks on end are not going to work for me. I can't squat every week. I can deadlift every week and feel fine, but like there's, so that's kind of the message of like, or not, I don't know if it's a message, but why people fail conjugate so often. Like that's why I really love what you and Robert are posting is like, Hey, this is kind of crazy looking. Yeah, there's might be a high risk involved with this, but like it works for us. Yeah. And, like, it's obviously working because I can, I'm healthier, I'm stronger, I can kick faster. That's what you people see. Further.
2: They see west side or, you know, conjugate, mm-hmm. and first thing you think of is powerlifters. Yeah, they kind of shit their pants so, a little bit. I think that was, like, another thing that, you know, when people were looking at my social media, you know, back when I was truly lifting heavy. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, oh, well, he's a powerlifter, you know, blah, 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 but you're not if you know right. how to take that system and use it for your sport or whatever yeah. the heck you're doing then it's gonna work yeah you know you just need to know and that's what i mean by you can go you know like what rob's always told me it's like people fail too because like they go by just the books like oh well i read west side and that you have to do this and this and, and that's great but when was that book written yeah things it's change changes, you know things so, change. And it's like, and yeah, like you said, it's like, yeah, the book was meant for a reason and it is to give you like that type of, you know, base knowledge and everything. But at the same time, you have to gather, you know, all that information up for the book and, or just like every day of like how you're lifting and stuff. And and it it, it's a trial and error game. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's like, you you find out what works best for you. and, And that's where I've, I've really found that good medium of taking that conjugate system and and putting it into what I need for my training of like doing more like functional type you know, exercises and yeah. um more like sports specific or just like what's gonna develop my leg power, you know, not just this lifting, but like keep my flexibility and mobility and just and it's uh it's just really all come together and yeah. you know I I've really seen a huge difference. But uh I mean when you go when you go to Westside it's just a different story. You were there, right? For a little yeah, bit. I went twice.
0: Okay. Yeah. I've never been, uh, when I was training at absolute performance, I was still an intern at the time. I was, uh, interning with under Tom Cordino. Um, and a bunch of them went to West side. Uh, and I think my invitation got lost in the mail. If anybody's <laughs> listening. Um, I'd still love to go. I actually saw Louis speak, uh, 2015, maybe 2014, 15, somewhere around that time he came and he spoke at, uh, STA at Ben yep. Woods' gym in Elma, Elma. Um And, yeah, I mean, I could spend all day talking about that stuff. And, you know, everybody you talk to about conjugate has a different idea, different whatever. So we're not going to get too too much into that. <laughs> I, think, I think we got the message across is that regardless of the training program, right, make it work for you and whatever anybody writes, whether it's Louis or Shiko, Small Off, blah, 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 um, you got to make it work for yeah. you. Because I, I have a lot of patients that are athletes, powerlifters mostly. I have a couple hockey players, some football players. But a lot of them get stuck into one program, right? Whether it's their coach or their AT, whoever's writing it for them. And it's very like, why are you doing some of the things that you're doing? You know what I mean? Like I have some hockey players that are six foot five. um, And, you know, I have one hockey player. He's training with one of my friends, Maggie, and she has him doing box squats. And I'm like, that's great. And I'm like, because there's no reason for you to have to do an Astagrass squat at, Mm -hmm. you know, six, five. And then I have some other kids who come in and they're like, yeah, my strength coach has me doing this and this. And I'm like, why? You're not a hockey player. Why are you training like a hockey player? You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. just a general athlete. And, like, powerlifters, I don't know. It's it's all over the place. And I, I don't want to...
2: And that's the hard part. Yeah. I mean, a lot of strength coaches will just try to group together things. Yeah. You know, it's just a... You know, it's like, you need indiv- individualized workouts, yeah. you know, for, you know, like, whatever your position is. But, yeah. it's like, can't be for football. I mean, you know, some... Um, not everyone's doing the exact same thing, but a lot of people are, you know, but it's like, for example, it's like someone like me, I shouldn't be doing the same stuff as like an alignment. Right. You know, even so though you're both football
0: uh, players, you're different jobs. Exactly. Yeah. You so. Know?
2: so it's just, um, individualization. Like yeah. That's, yeah. It. That's all
0: it comes yeah. down to. So, all right. So West side is good. Conjugate's good. Yeah. Don't dismiss it. Uh, I got that message across for, I think the second podcast now, thankfully. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that'll just be the general theme. A lot of trigger, uh, trigger words in this one, right? We've mentioned functional. We've mentioned reverse hypers in west side, so I think a lot of people might be a little upset, uh, but that's okay. Um, so before I go into some rapid-fire questions, I just want to talk, just very briefly talk about injury. You mentioned it took a year of you just working on just the reverse hyper. It doesn't make a difference what the machine is, right? But you spent a year hammering away at one thing before you were able to even start to load weight or even to like vary it to... You know, to a little more of a difficult position now. Or the reverse hyper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. like I said, the reverse hyper. Regardless, it could have been that. It could have been a squat or a bench or just walking. I mean, for you, at the end end of the day, it's all about punting, yeah. right? So, and it took a long time for you to get back. to punting. Yeah. Now I have a lot of patients. Uh, again, powerlifters, hockey players, football players, whatever, and they get hurt. Right? They're younger kids normally. They spend. Uh, you know, like I've got one kid right now. He's twenty. He's been on skates since he was three, right? He's been skating as long as he's been walking. He's been playing hockey as long as he's been alive, essentially, and now he's hurt. Low back, leg pain, just like you. Um, And I've been treating him for a couple weeks. He's getting better, but he's frustrated. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, you gotta understand how many hits you've taken on the ice, right? You've been on skates your whole life. You've been getting hit into boards your whole life. Like, you've been falling. You've just taken a lot more than the average 20-year-old kid has and for anybody who's listening who's been dealing with this like and it's usually low back with leg pain right because that's very common I see that a lot what do you say to them when you're just like hey it's only been six weeks it's only been six months
2: that's the thing I mean you know you can tell someone as many times as you want you know it's like just be patient be patient but it's hard when you're going through it like I said before you have your good days and your bad days and you know I think overall like I'm sure some people are against it, but I think the lifting that I've done helped keep me strong. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, if I would have done other programs, I feel like maybe they would have been like too light. I would have gotten weak, you right. know, like, but I practically stuck to the program, just had to tweak exercises. So yeah. um that, that kept me mentally going, but I think overall too, between that, sticking with the programs and just time, time is what what helped heal things yeah. you know it's like you know i mean it's going to be different for everybody but you just kind of have to keep you know seeing the the end result and you know you have to start just i'm all about you know visualization and yeah. like you know i'm pretty positive guy but yeah. you know every, i mean you know i'm human every once in a while you know i'm gonna get those negative thoughts and just kind of like be bummed out ahead of those days but you know yet yeah, i've what I was really good at was just being able to turn that around being like, you know, it's going to get better. It's going to get better one day. You know, I'm going to be able to do this. And I was actually told by probably one of the top surgeons because I was working with a sports psychologist during the season um, just to kind of prep me up for games. And he knew a really well-known like good you know, um, spinal surgeon yeah. and like I was told that I would never be able to punt again without surgery. I hear that all the time. Yep. And yeah. I'm like, well, here I am yeah. punting better than I did before. So, and that's where I think you know. I mean, you hear all this crazy stuff with like, you know, like fixing your body with your mind. Mm-hmm. I I completely agree. You know, yeah. I believe it's that part stuff. Of it, right? And that you mindset. know, I've I've had to really take my mental game to a, a different level. I mean, I was like, I can do all this stuff physically, but if I'm not thinking right. Yeah, it's no not going to do anything. Yeah.
0: I, I have a lot of those patients yeah. too. Mind,
2: bind, uh, mind and body connection yeah. is real, and like you know, I've, I think you know, it's just like like I just said, it's like you can tell someone to be patient all day. It's like, but that's that's all you can really say. Is just yeah, be patient, stick to the program, yeah, and just trust the process.
0: I think it's uh Gary V who says, uh, what does he say? Patience and optimism. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily care for Gary V, but I, I I like that one thing and I always tell a lot of my yeah. patients when I'm like I know you you have a long path ahead of you whether it's with me or PT or exercise or whatever whatever and I'm like optimism and patience is what's going to get you there right. You can yeah. use all the modalities, you can dry needle and Cairo and like I'm for everything, you know, but it's optimism and patience cuz like yeah. you got to understand how long it took you to get here, it's not going to be overnight for you to get better exactly. so. And
2: I felt like I like I was doing it all. You know, yeah. I was doing my physical therapy. I was doing I was doing workouts I've never done before. Right. You know, I had AP, AP and I'm like, it was hard for me because I've trained for yeah. a certain way for so long, so tweaking that, but I was like, I was open-minded to doing everything. I mean, I've done acupuncture. I've done acupuncture with the stim. Oh, I've yeah. I've done cupping. I've done, um, how was it? It's called ART? ART, yeah. That it was like. Soft tissue release. Um, I've done ARP. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's uh, like, you know. So. um. Those compact things uh, that make like, yeah, the yeah, stem yeah. that just make it most. Think of that on steroids. Yeah. Um. So it's like it's just a kind of like it's it's probably has to be the closest thing to a taser. Jeez. That. and yeah. it, It's like you start at zero and the goal is to work your way up to a hundred, <laughs> which I eventually did, and it's hard. But, yeah. And you're sore, and you, it takes a lot of. Um, I can't. I can't think of the name. I'm pretty sure it's like ARP. I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. but it's um. It's tough. Like yeah. You find, like, these weaknesses, and they stick these things on in, and it's, like, stim, but just crazy. Yeah. So that was that was really hard to go through. And, I mean, since the injury was so fresh, because that was the early stages, like, even when you're just going through physical therapy, and you're just stretching and, you know, flossing the nerve through. It, yeah. It sucks. Like that Baby it, steps. Pain, yeah. Yeah. But I mean... I've done the body tempering. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say. I got the dining yeah. time you know like the huge rollers. Yeah. And for, for, I,
0: yeah for yeah, for for those of you who might not see his Instagram or whatever. Um just the recovery tools he has in here are pretty wild. Um he's got all the body tempering stuff, all the rogue ones. Well, not the rogue ones, the uh, kabuki ones. Uh some foam rollers, those rad rollers, or is that what those are? I don't know. Sticks, foam rollers, vibrating foam rollers, a hypervolt Theragun, uh
2: just Got some rapid reboots. That, yeah, these are the recent ones. Those are like right inside. Yeah, I usually watch TV and just throw those on.
0: Well, um, I'm gonna hook myself up to those before I leave. All over Pretty my great. body. Um, I mean everything. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I feel like, for those of you interested, like honestly, check out his Instagram. But you have to really be in here to understand. Like, he, there there is not a single tool missing in this gym, right? Uh, I'm I'm sure there's more stuff that you definitely want to buy. Yeah, but of course. I I, I can't imagine. You know how? Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I, I have no words, but like I, I hate to bring <laughs> to bring back <laughs> Louis Simmons here, but he says he's like, if I told you there was a million dollars under a rock outside, he goes, you would turn over every single rock outside until you found those million dollars, and that's what this gym is, right? Because you have every tool that you can use to make yourself better, stronger, healthier, faster, so on, so forth. So, um, and I see I, I see that a lot, especially with raw powerlifters. Is, they want to get better at something. They just keep hammering away at that one thing where I'm just like, Oh my God, there's a thousand other little things you could utilize to, you know, increase your squat, whatever. I'm not a coach. Just the bars,
2: you know, the bars alone. So I'm not here.
0: I'm not here to, uh, to, to to say anything that I'm better than any other coach, but yeah, it mixes it up. And and that's the other thing I noticed from your training is that you guys have a a lot of fun, right? This is like, this is a playground. This is like a kid's dream. If that kid was a 30 year old NFL uh, athlete, but, this is a this is a playground yeah. for you guys. I mean, we, I'm looking. Yeah, belt, I, I've yeah. got a world heavyweight championship belt uh, <laughs> right above me. Unfortunately, it's a WWE one. Uh, Not but, the old WWE. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I I I mean, we can talk for another three hours, and if this goes well, maybe we will meet up again and then we'll we'll do it. But um, I've got a couple rapid fire questions. You can okay. take a minute or however long you want. Um, advice for someone looking to succeed in your field.
2: For like punning, oh uh, punning, slit NFL, or...
0: whatever. Get, just becoming a professional athlete.
2: Try to not to take things too personal that you can't control. Um, that took that took me a while to kind of get used to. It was like, yeah. you know, I would ask so many questions like, why aren't they doing this or why aren't they doing that? But you know, it's like what I kind of come to terms with at the end of the day is Like I can only do what I can control. Yeah. You know, it's like. You don't know why other things happen the way they do or why other people make certain decisions like either like keep you or cut you but just stick with it you know there's gonna be good times bad times but you know you're it's either you want it or you don't you know and for me you know I always did so um, it's like not taking things too personal do what you can control stick to the process you know just trust it
0: trust the process Uh, anything you would have done differently leading up until we'll oh, say man. today <laughs> again you could use <laughs> as much or as little time as you <laughs> as you need
2: um i mean even like back in high school you know I, just a whole recruiting i mean we just i just missed a whole like youtube era mm-hmm. that was like right before so i don't know if like just uh doing the program differently for sending out my highlight tapes just to yeah. kind of get my name out there more or just going to a D1 school and just trying to walk on right away yeah. you know like a bigger college just you know I, I kind of felt like you know only getting like two years at UB you know kind of like hurt me a little bit yeah. when it's like you know, it sounds way better when you're like a starter for four years playing at like a big school um, I guess not let like like just your previous question not letting things get to my head as much as I did, you know, in the beginning years of like the NFL where I really beat myself up where yeah. about the stuff I couldn't control, you know, and it just drove me nuts. And, um, I was like, it was just like a lot of emotions up and down. And then probably even like even playing with Tampa where I was trying to, trying to please like too many people with like yeah. my punting where it's just like, you know, my special teams coach wants this, head coach wants this, scouts want this, like, whereas I wasn't hitting the ball out, I should hit, you know, and um, but yeah, I think just to stay sane, you know, is just kind of like just live my life while training and just know, you know, yeah. Basically, my advice from the previous question (laughs) to myself. So it's just a, just a day by day.
0: I mean, for somebody who's had as many ups and downs as you have, you know, and I don't know how normal that is in the NFL. I I assume it's somewhat.
2: It happens a lot. yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're you're not kicking yourself in the ass. It it does at least right. that's what I'm you know concluding yeah. It'd be your... interesting
2: if I never got there, you Right. Know, I never made it to see like how I'd handle it now. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. but
0: grass is always greener, right? Who knows? Yeah.
2: So it's, it's I don't know, you know. It's like there's some things where it's like, man, if I had to go back and do it all again, it's like would I? I'm like <laughs> probably, yeah. you know, but I'd hesitate a little. I'm like, right. man, cuz like, you know, I'd really like to write something one day and like kind of like share true I mean this is this is like a quick like hey here's my life story yeah. but you know no one will truly ever understand like you know what certain athletes go to or like you know like what I had to go through it's like the people closest to me do mm-hmm. you know but for like how you handle that mental battle every single day yeah you know it's just like no one will ever know yeah you know but and it's tough and that's the
0: hardest part I mean you seem to be handling it yeah well I'm well a, I'm a I am I do not want to make any assumptions to, yeah. you know right everybody has their own uh, their own battles that they have to deal with, yep. you know, and um, I'm I'm sure with you, it's 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 tough, right? Because you've you've seen where you wanted to be, and then you go down, and then you see it again, yeah. and then so on and so forth. And so. you're basically
2: just going after something that's a big maybe. Yeah, cause you don't know if it's gonna happen. Yeah, but I did. You know, I knew, yeah. it, and that's what kept me going. Is like I'm like I know it will, you know, I just don't know when.
0: How often do you have to deal with being afraid?
2: Um, not so much anymore. I mean, I'll I'll have my little things where it's like something hasn't happened in a while, or like, especially like after like that like I crush a combine and then don't hear anything. It's like, okay, you know, like like now what? But, you know, something will come in a little bit. It's like, okay, so like what's going to be the next step? But now it's, you know, where before, you know, I was just like always just kind of like, oh man, what's going to happen? Even Mm -hmm. like when you make the team, then it's like, am I going to have my job tomorrow? And that's something people don't understand with the NFL. It's like you're literally playing every day, not knowing if you're going to have a job tomorrow. Yeah, it, it's you could be yeah. on top, you can be crushing it. Like I have multiple times. Yeah, but you don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. You're still going. It's home? like it's like imagine that you're doing your job every single day with eyes on you constantly, someone filming you constantly, and if you mess up once, then you can lose your job. You don't know yeah. if you're going to come in tomorrow and someone is going to be taking job. When you see people walk in every day just to see like because they want to see who else is out there uh, just yeah. in case they want to replace you it's like that's just like a little taste of yeah. how it is every day
0: all right that that's giving me anxiety already <laughs> um a pro, the most profound negative experience that has shaped you for the better
2: honestly i think the injury yeah you know i mean it like i said before it's completely changed well not completely cuz i'm still sticking with it like my lifting style tweaked it we'll say it in like the best way possible. Yeah. Um, I feel really good. And obviously it's showing on the field. You know, I, I probably wouldn't say that at the time. I'm you know, like, "Why does just have to happen mm-hmm. to me, blah, blah, blah. And, um, but in a weird way, I think, you know, it did well work out. And I think it worked out in a, a way where, you know, say I get back on the team that it's given me this chance to get settled down here in Buffalo. Cause I knew this was going to be my home, yeah. with my family and everything. And I, get my gym set up because that never happened say I did hurt myself and you know somewhere else and I'm trying to train and rehab a certain way that maybe I wasn't able to train the way that I wanted to to get my back how it is and this just really gave me like finally my home base where I can get some things set up and and find that style that I wanted to train
0: is Buffalo the best city you've lived in I mean we're we're not we're not in Buffalo we're in Hamburg but we're Buffalo
2: I mean, it's home for me, yeah, so it's yeah. it's easy for me to say you know, I love it, you know i mean i I got to spend a year in Tampa, and it was How's awesome, yeah. you know it was great, you know I mean, there's tons to do, but it's not where I'd want to live right you know it's like this is home for me and and I'm okay with the snow, I embrace yeah. it, you know it's like you know, I get to people. Like, I can't stand it. Blah blah. I'm like, you know, Buffalo's not so bad. You know, yeah. it's like we don't get hurricanes and this. And I'm like, we get we get heavy snow in winter. So you know, I'm like, not that big. You can right. go in yeah. the creek and not have to worry about <laughs> losing an arm. And you know, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, I I love it. You yeah. know, it's um, I like the seasons. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like there's less to do in the winter, but it's like that's if you feel like there's less to do, like, yeah. you can find something
0: to do. For those yeah. of you that are listening, and you're like, oh, Buffalo sounds kind of nice. Don't come yeah. here.
2: I mean Green Bay. I love Green Bay. <laughs> you know, it was one of the best experiences of my life. I mean, it's, it it reminded me a lot like Buffalo. It's yeah. like low key. There's just city builder, a little more or less because, yeah. like you know, I mean Green Bay doesn't have a big city. Milwaukee was like two hours away. Yeah, but um, but it was great. I mean, that whole or- organization was just awesome. And be yeah. on the field like with yeah. all that history behind it. But um, yeah, I mean it's Green I, Bay. I love Buffalo. Yeah, I embrace it. Yeah. You know, it's just. Uh, so, whoever's got a problem with that?
0: Yeah, you can come up and visit, but please, <laughs> please don't move here. We don't need you. Uh, I can't even speak uh, on that. I've been living in Buffalo for ten years. I'm not from here originally, but Buffalo, okay. Buffalo's my home now. So, take that. Uh, last question: What does the future hold for you? I know, if I know, we've gone over this, years, but, you know, yeah.
2: Just um, not time looking at it. It's still early in preseason, so I got some time, but. Like, the NFL, like, I mean, even the Bills work out last year. It's like, I got brought in, like, mid-November. So, yeah. it's like, anything can literally happen, you know? And that's my goals. I'm like, <clears throat> if I see myself kind of, like, like my punting's going down or, like, I feel like I can't compete with certain guys anymore, and, like, that's why I'm like, okay, you know, might be time to yeah. hang up with the cleats. But I just crushed a couple combines this year, beat out a lot of people. Yeah. And, like I said, seeing – See my best punts I've probably ever hit, like, out on the field, and my training's going the best. Like, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. Yeah. So, it's um, it's going to – that, and that's kind of what keeps me going. And it's like, if I have to do this and, you know, find another job or, you know, kick some people's butts in the gym mm-hmm. while I continue training myself or do whatever, like, I'll basically go until my body or, like, my legs are just like, you know, yeah. you can't keep up anymore. Yeah. You know, and um, so – NFL still, whether it's this year or shooting again for next year, we'll see. But I'm I'm really hoping that, you know, with preseason here, things will shake up a little bit and yeah. some, you know, teams will start moving things around and not get that call.
0: Prediction for the Bills this year? Without hurting anybody's feelings? No. I don't know. You could hurt, do whatever. Hurt anybody's feelings. That's This is
2: – I'm, I'm going to say definitely playoffs okay. again. I'm feeling good about that. Um, Tom Brady in the division again, it's, uh, it's going to be tough, but, yeah. the, you know, I really like, um, how Allen's playing, and, like, the fact that he can move, mm-hmm. I think is going to be, like, a huge part, that's just going to be dangerous for other teams, so, not just because I'm a Bills fan, you know, it's growing up, but, you know, I think they're going to be pretty, uh... It's gonna be up there for possibly winning the division. Yeah. Were they you know, your favorite team just, growing up? Oh yeah, absolutely. Still, so when going to um, let's hear it, going to Dallas. You know when we played at the division playoff game when I was playing in Green Bay. You know, look up, look up in the, the stands or you know the hanging flags or whatever the rafters, and you see those Super Bowl wins that they uh-huh. beat Buffalo, and I'm like, it's time to get you back, Dallas. <laughs> so we end up winning that game on a last minute field goal. Oh my god! And um, so that was like. I felt like one of the ultimate, you know, uh, revenge of a Bills fan mm-hmm. growing up was of like be able to come back and beat that team in the playoffs. So that's kind of why that game was extra special. It was, it was definitely, without doubt, probably the best memory I had as a Packer, um, just because like the ups and downs of that game, and then the last minute field goal wind up going to the NFC Championship yeah. game was like just it was insane. And I'm like, and that's one of the biggest questions I always got to with like holdings, like were you nervous? And it's just like. You literally have to not think about it. Yeah. So I'm like I'm going through like movies in my head, like Ace Ventura is like one of my all time favorite comedies. So I'm yeah. like doing quotes in my head and just anything think of like don't pull a Tony Romo and yeah, drop yeah, the yeah. ball, you know? So so like just just the fact that I was in Dallas, that was like probably one of the biggest games of my life and So that was my first away playoff game and it's like in Dallas, you know, America's yeah. team, whatever, and it's just uh it was awesome and I mean And like I said, just growing up as a Bills fan for so many years and then, you know, doing that was pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. Um, All right, last, last, last question. Favorite wrestler? Favorite wrestling era, favorite wrestler?
2: (sighs) Is it considered the Raw era, which is like, we'll say like late 90s? I think that might be Attitude. Attitude, yeah. yeah. I love the Attitude era. You know, I got got the Stone Cold and Undertaker Buried Alive matches and and all that. So good. It was so great. It was like creative like the wrestlers alone just like you know they're they awesome I mean, at the time you know i, I love the rock man yeah. i mean um i love the rock and then going into like probably right around 2000 ish was like um jeff hardy nuts. Okay. yeah like tlc like table letters and chairs match and but those were like my two guys they, you know i love i love wrestling for so long yeah. and i mean that attitude there was
0: insane pretty fun to watch Absolutely. i was so, watching um old cactus jack uh matches the other day while i was at work uh sorry i wasn't at work i i was at work whatever fine (laughs) i'll admit it uh i was watching like cactus jack and undertaker and then it was cactus jack and triple h hell in a cell uh two years right i think it was like two years it was like 98 and 2000 uh with triple h and then undertaker respectively when he was thrown first by triple h uh from not the top of the hell in a cell just like the Upper edge, he fell right onto a table, and then two years later with the Undertaker, the Undertaker threw him off the yep. Hell in a Cell, uh, onto a yeah, table. Threw the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, like, I, 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 don't, I don't, man. I don't want to make any assumptions on what the distance was, but it was incredibly, incredibly high. Yeah. I mean he was, You know, taller than uh, most houses. I feel like uh, onto a table. Half his body hit the table; the other half of his body hit the floor. Um, so he smacked his face on yeah. the railing. Uh, and then I remember like Terry Funk ran out uh, His old ECW partner or uh, Not ECW, sorry, I think when he was like Doing like Japanese wrestling or whatever And uh, I, I don't know how real it was I mean, they, they brought out a stretcher They took him back, and he ran out And like Terry Funk was like on him, like grabbing him was Just like, don't move, like don't get yeah. up And I'm watching this, and I'm like So 2000, I was 9, 10 years old And I'm like, okay, this is great And now I'm, you know, almost 30 years old And I'm like, holy shit yeah, and I realize like, how
2: intense and serious like that. Yeah, and, was.
0: and you know, and so right now I'm, I'm wearing a, a shirt that says "football is fake" and it's a wrestling shirt. Um, I'll, I'll take a photo and I'll post it right after this. But, uh, and I'm just like, wrestling is not fake. No. I'm like, this is insane. I'm like, okay, I get that you don't get punched in the face every time, but I'm like, you're still getting absolutely yeah. one demolished. wrong move or one
2: wrong you're landing. You're
1: paralyzed. You're yeah. dead. Whatever. Break um, something. Like it's yeah. insane. Like
0: and that. Um, The ring, like that's
2: that's That's not as soft as people think. Yeah.
0: And and actually going back, the ninety eight match against Triple H when he fell through the hell in a cell. Sorry, I actually forgot to bring that part up. When he goes through the hell in Mm a cell and he collapses the ring, and I know that was staged, right? I know that part of the uh the ring was probably yeah uh hollowed out with mats, but I'm like you're you're still falling, I don't know, thirty feet through a fence, through Mm. a canvas into mats, like it still hurts. Yeah. But all right. That, Even the that, big
2: Shane yeah. McMahon jumps and stuff. Yeah, like, it's insane. Crazy. It's. And that's ex- why I thought like um because, I mean you probably saw like yeah. some of the wrestling videos. Yeah, yeah, video yeah. yeah. That's that's why I wore this shirt. I thought like the Degeneration X video was gonna blow up. Yeah. But, man, it got like barely. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. And Road uh, Dogg.
0: God, I love that era. Yeah. It was like Road Dog, and then who it was it's it? X-Pac, Billy Gunn. And, and, and yeah, yeah. X Pac yep. after he was one, two, three. I mean, it was so good, such that's a it. crazy era. That was like that's like when my brother and I were like hooked you know like yeah. my dad got us into wrestling but he was like late 80s early 90s wrestling when it was just you know and then it just went into this where it was yeah like no holds barred like it was like the late 90s hardcore like matches. early 2000s yeah like just nuts. fights in the parking lot I know like locker all right whatever next next <laughs> no, time yeah next time w- we'll spend like w- two park, hours on yeah. this that's, that's fine <laughs> but. all right we got that out of the way where can people find you
2: um, Not physically, but... know. Yeah, uh, yeah, just on like... I have Instagram and Twitter. Obviously, Instagram is uh, Jake underscore Shum. Um, that's, uh, that's where I do like all my stuff. I mean, pretty soon I'd like to get some stuff up on YouTube and start yeah. getting that rolling and everything. That's definitely but,
0: where, where everything is going, right? YouTube is yeah, it's yeah.
2: it. So, I mean, if you're trying to find videos or just trying to contact me, you know, just go through Instagram. You know, a lot of times I'm, I'm trying to um gauge with everybody and just try and throw questions, you know, yeah. about my training, if there's something you want to see, if there's something you think I can do better, or like <laughs> if you have any like you know, use the way I like to describe stuff, we just have some unique ideas in here. Yeah. You know, like whether it's mobility or exercises, like we turn the inverse curl, um Oh my God. It's like, like multiple exercises. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. If you go on uh Rob Goldbeck's page he, I think he's on his, like, uh, highlights. He has, yeah. like, just, like, multiple exercises that yeah. he ended up posting. And, and that's the cool thing about it is, like, well, you have to be able to look at a machine and be able to see it versus, mm-hmm. like, not just a one exercise thing. Like, we took that as a hamstring, ex- hamstring, glutes, and we turned it into a full lower body and up upper body. body yeah, so it's crazy. just, uh, and that's what I like in here is, like, machines that are versatile yeah. that I can do more than one thing with.
0: And then what's Rob's Instagram?
2: Um, I think it's just, like, Rob period golabek
0: yeah g-o-l-a-b-e-k uh so check those out check both of these instagrams out see a ton of stuff you can hear the dogs barking in (laughs) the back um all right so that's it any last words anything you got to say anybody
2: no just uh you know hope you guys enjoy the videos hope you enjoy the podcast uh like i said if you guys ever have any questions feel free to message me um and uh, i'll keep posting them and have fun with them
0: there you go all right thanks man it's been fun
2: thank you